Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. Grab your Bibles. Let's get into the Word of God. Turn with me to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. In verse 5, we're continuing the series that we've started. Now listen, and how many of you are, Caleb already asked this already, but are you doing okay on your fast? Are, are you praying? Are you reading your Bible? Isn't God good? Don't get discouraged if you fell off the bandwagon. Don't get discouraged if you gave in. Just get back up. Get back up. All the guidelines for fasting and all that we're doing can be found on our app download our app and you'll never be disconnected from this church you'll always know what's going on and so there's so many things that we're doing on social media to help we've shared recipes on social media we've given you topics of prayer every day monday through friday during the week you can join me i'll be praying with you all for a 20 minute or so just devotion not long at all Every single day of the week at noon, all you have to do is call in and join the tens of people. And I, I, would, I would say hundreds, but we're not there yet. But one day we will be. But there's a number of people that join us in that prayer call, and I've heard some good reports about them being blessed, and we're happy about that. But we're here to support you. We're here to help you. This church's focus and assignment is, and always has been, to help you come into an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what our purpose is. And we pray that that's what's happening. Is that happening for you right now? Come on, is that happening for you? If it's not, say, hey, God, I want to get closer to you. Luke chapter 11, verse 5. Then Jesus, teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight, wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit. I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls you out from his bedroom. Has anybody woken you out of bed before? Ringing the doorbell, wouldn't stop ringing, and it's your kids because they forgot their key. Or it's your neighbor because they need you to jump them. Or it's somebody, well, can you imagine... God forbid, at midnight, your, your neighbor would come up to you and ask you for a package of tortillas. I mean, what would you say? So this person was irritated. And so he finally, he opened up the window to his bedroom, and he said, don't bother me. The door is locked already. I'm asleep, guy. Hey, leave me alone. It's late. I'm sleeping. And he also says that my family and I are, are in, all in bed. I can't help you. Verse 8, but I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep lock, knocking long enough, turn to somebody and tell them, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. I like those two words. Shameless persistence. Now, there are some people I know in my life 
that have no shame. They will ask you for something, even if they know you don't have it, they will ask you anyways. Well, even if they know that you possibly can't do it, there's always that sense of hope that they've got. You can't get mad at them because at least they have the audacity to ask. That means they may have faith, right? And it's hard sometimes for us to understand uh, what people are going through. But, but I've had people like that in my life that have asked me and asked me and asked me and asked me. And finally, I've said, you know what? My God, I, don't, I can't do it. I won't do it. But they keep on asking me, and I keep on telling them no. I admire their persistence and I'm going to bless them anyway well this is what God is saying God says this because of their shameful shameless persistence and so I tell you keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for keep on seeking and you will find keep on knocking and the door will be open to you For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. The door will be open. This is such an encouraging scripture for me. I know it is for you, but it always just gets me. It gives me the edge for what I need, no matter what I've gone through, no matter what I'm going through, no matter where I'm at. I'm not giving up. I can't give up. No matter what happens negatively in your life or no matter what you're experiencing in life, now is not the time to give up. Now is not the time to throw in the towel and say, I'm done. I'm fed up. I don't know what to do. Listen, when you don't know what to do, the old saying goes, you know what to do. And all I know to do in my life sometimes is just trust in God trust in Jesus because Jesus will never let me down. Jesus will never leave me or forsake me. Jesus is always there. He may not be on your time, but he is always on time. He is always there. Persistence pays. That's the subtitle for today. Shameless persistence. Are you ready for the service? Are you ready for the word? Now you pray for the service. Come on, stretch out your hands. Lift up your voice. Let's pray together. Lord, bless this sermon. Bless the word. Bless the word today, God. Thank you for this day. Now, Lord, prepare our hearts. Prepare our minds. Let our spirits be open to everything you have for us. There is nothing too hard for you to do. Nothing impossible. But, Lord, all things are possible to them that believe. And we believe today. We believe today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say amen. Amen. Turn to somebody and tell them, look at them right in the face and tell them, sometimes you just have to be shameless. And you can be seated this Sunday morning and smile if you happen to be in church. Hey, smile if you know that grace has saved you. (laughs) <laughs> Come on, people. There's sometimes you go to church and people just have this. Why? Mercy meets us every day. God's mercy is so blind. Blind mercy. In, in fact, that's what Shakespeare described God's mercy as. He said it's as gentle, unstrained as the morning dew. Without 
judgment. And mercy is extracted from God's, more, uh, God's grace every single day, every single morning. There are some things in life that we don't ask for. There are some things in life I don't ask for, I thank God for. We've taught throughout the years that there's certain times that, you know, you don't ask, but you just receive, and you praise God, and you thank God for it. But in the portion of Scripture here, I think most of the asking is for your sake, our sake, not his. Because we know God is all-wise, God is all-knowing, and God is in death. God heard us the first time. Right? So I think this principle, I believe this principle of asking is to help your faith, is to help you believe, receive, and be persistent. But there are certain things I don't pray for, I thank God for. Again, you make mistakes. We all make mistakes. We all fall. But regardless of what we do, isn't it amazing how God's mercy knocks on our door at midnight? Isn't it amazing how the next morning you feel God dealing with you? Mercy doesn't care what you've done. Mercy doesn't care where you've been. Mercy doesn't care what your last name is. Mercy doesn't care how bad you failed. Mercy is going to keep on knocking. Persistence. Persistence in life matters. You remember when you were first saved? Remember how life, how grand life was? Remember how you felt so strong about God, what he was able to do? Anything was possible. Nothing was impossible. How many of you remember that? When you first came to God, you were like, okay, God, let's believe for big things. But after a while, you started settling for mediocrity. I think it happens to everyone. I'm not ashamed to say that when I first got saved, that I was on fire. I don't think I've lost the fire. I think I've become a lot wiser to be more consistent and to keep the fire going. But I have to admit that there were some times in my life where I felt like I lost the fire. I, I think there's a moment in our life where all of us experience burnout. Ah, that, that is a word. I feel burned out. I don't know what to do. I don't have the strength to do it. I'm just going through the motions. I just feel like, you know, I can't think straight. I can't, I'm just going through the motions. I couldn't figure burnout, what the burnout mindset, how it happens until I realized that I had to fight my feelings. Get out of my feels, right? I had to get out of my feelings. I had to look at life differently. When I first got saved, everything was possible. I knew that blessings were just going to become abundant in my life and they were going to pour out over my life. And I knew that God saved me for a great purpose. And, and when I tried and failed, I got discouraged. And it dawned on me really quickly that if I'm going to see the will of God fulfilled in my life, if I'm going to see my life a success, and the word success can have very, it has a lot of variables as far as definition, you know. 
Everyone has their definition of success. For me, success is really directed towards relationships. I believe a successful life is a person who has an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. And I do believe after that successful life, a true successful life, understands that the people in their life is there to love, to care for, and have the relationship, the same kind of relationship you have with God. So in other words, success for me is God and family. And then church, relationships. There have been times in my life where I felt like I had to give up on relationships. There were times in my life where I feel like, you know what, I don't know if I can do this anymore. I don't understand why I keep going through this process and then I feel numb. I have felt numb before. Have you ever felt numb before? Have you ever felt numb where you feel like, you know what, when someone asks you how are you doing, you just say, oh, I'm here. I'm here. How are things going? Mm, they're going. They're all right. They're going. Burnout. Burnout is a product of not keeping the flame going. Jesus never got burned out. Jesus never said to himself, why am I even doing this? Why am I even here? Lord, they, they want you to pray for them. They're, they're calling for you, God. They're, Lord, there they're, um, they're some needs. People need healing. Not today. Not today. I don't feel like it. Emoji sad face. <laughs> feeling discouraged. Feeling exhausted. Feeling this. Feeling that. Listen. The Christian experience does involve feelings. But it's always based on the feelings that the Spirit of God gives you. Every other feeling, as far as I'm concerned, I've learned to cancel out. I've learned that if I'm going to be successful, if I'm going to succeed or if I'm going to live in victory, if I'm going to have a happy life, okay, number one, it's going to be a happy wife, right? Amen. If I'm going to have a happy life and I'm going to have what I know God has for my life, I have to do something about it. I have to pray. I have to get on my knees. I have to set aside some time to go to God to keep the fire going. Do you know the spirit inside of you is not just a river, but it's a blaze of fire? A blaze of fire inside of you that will burn up, the scripture says, everything that is like chaff. That means chaff, meaning in a biblical term, is something that's attached to the wheat. And the wheat and the fruit, that's what people do when in the scripture you hear about winnowing. How many of you have ever heard the term winnowing? And they go sifting through the harvest. You see, in the, the, the floor, the threshing floor was a place in the scripture where they literally had taken all the harvest, they put out a huge blanket, and they put it in an area that where the wind blew across evenly and consistently. Somewhere's been the side of a hill, somewhere's in the valley, wherever it may be on the top of a hill. 
And then they would take all the harvest and they would take their forks and they would just scoop it and throw it up in the air. And as it came down, all of the stem, the stalk, the shaft would blow away and the heavy weight of God's fruit or whatever God blessed them with, with fruit, the fruit of the, their labor would fall down and they would keep it. So you see, what the Spirit of God does, the Spirit of God takes his fork. He takes his tool in your life. And when the wind blows, he allows all the shaft to be taken away and burnt up. That's our old nature, old desires. Things that have kept us down and refrained us and retained us and have kept us from moving forward. That's why I thank God for his spirit every single day. No matter how I feel, I've learned if I don't have the feelings, I pray until I get the feeling. We are feeling, we are, we are people who have to feel something. And I've learned this. I've learned throughout the years, if I, don't, if I can't track them, I have to trust them, right? GPS has spoiled us. But if I can't track him, I have to trust him. And there are times when I felt dry. Everyone goes through a dry season. Even when you're fasting, you may wonder, Man, this fasting thing has is, is, is been tough, but I can't even pray. Got so much headache. That's because you drank so much coffee. It's not the devil coming against you and, you know, trying to stop you when you started fasting. <laughs> I've heard it before. That devil was after me today. I started fasting. I got a headache. I can't even think straight. It's just an attack. Pray for me. I'm under attack. You're not under attack. You're under detoxification. Some people want to blame the devil for everything. Listen, don't give him that much credit. He is not that good. <laughs> He's not that good. But, but there are things in my life I know will never happen unless I am committed and I am relentless and I am focused. And I'm like that person who went to their friend's house and said, at midnight, I need bread. I need bread. I have friends. It was a need. It wasn't just a want. It was a need. And God put himself in that position, in that parable, in that story of the place of the person who was in the house. And God was saying to us, you know, you don't base things many times on whether you deserve something or don't deserve something. And don't look at me like it's not the right time. God is telling us, no matter what the time is, no matter where we're at, no matter what the season, no matter what you're going through, he wants you to ask. He wants you to pursue him. He wants you to knock on the door at midnight if necessary. Have you ever been in a place, in a position where you were woken up or you stayed up till midnight just so you can have some peace of mind and the kids were away and they were in bed were you have you ever been desperate enough have you ever needed God in your life where you knew I have to spend time alone with him I need to knock on the doors of heaven I need something from the Lord somebody say desperation desperation is something that someone possesses when they really need something and they have no other option 
Desperate people do desperate things to get what they need from God. In America, we're so blessed, folks. I mean, really, we're blessed, aren't we, in America? We're so blessed in America. And the most I've seen people pray throughout the years has been during tragedy. 9-11, we all gathered together for prayer. When the economy was low, when the hurricane was coming, and catastrophes and catastrophic events have caused us and driven us to our knees. But let me tell you something that else is that's catastrophic. It's when you have no faith and you feel dry. You're in a dangerous place. It's time to get aware of the spiritual condition in our life. If we have no conviction, if we have no sense sensitivity to the Spirit of God, if we have no hunger for the Word of God, if we have no desire to be in God's house, if He's not a priority, I'm telling you, those are signs. Those are signs for you and I to say, hey, it's not good right now. I need some bread in my life. I need some blessings in my life. I need a fire back in my life because, listen, it's the small things. It's the small things that creep into your life that spoil the big things. The small foxes spoil the vine is what the Bible says. Very small things. There are some things in your life that need to be destroyed before they become a monster. Get them while they're small. This is not in my notes. I feel like the Spirit of God is just talking to people, helping people understand. Wake up. It's time to wake up. Become alive. Don't get burnt out because God doesn't get burnt out. He neither sleeps nor slumbers. He is almighty. He is all strong. He is all knowing. He has the answer. He's a mountain moving God. He's a devil chasing God. He's the one that formed the heavens and the earth. He can create circumstances in your life that you thought weren't able to exist. God said, when he says, let there be, there always is. There always is. Someone say, when God says it, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. So I have shamelessly persisted in praying and going to God when I saw things in my life that needed his attention. I've learned to shamelessly approach God and trust in his word. And I realize if I'm going to win... I have to be persistent. I have to keep on doing it. See, consistency and persistency, are, they have two different meanings. You can become religious by becoming consistent and just do things by routine. Do the same thing every day, every day, over and over and over and over. That's religion without feeling, just routine. It takes discipline. But just consistent, doesn't matter how fast you do it, doesn't matter how slow you do it, you're just doing it every day. But persistence, persistence requires some tenacity. It's when you're in opposition against someone, something that will tell you it can't be done or gives you a no. By the way, God's word says yes and amen. If God says no, it's not a denial more than a delay. And if God ever says no to you, remember this. You may want to write this one down, folks. If God ever tells you no, 
that means he has something better for you. That's simple, but you need to remember that because sometimes God closes doors rather than opens them. And we don't need to be surprised. We need to get excited. Excitement on something and towards something that doesn't make sense in our life, a door shut, we need to get excited. Yes, you need to get excited. If you're a child of God, if you've been praying, if you've been asking God for direction, you've been asking God for answers, and God opens up another door, God shuts the door, you need to realize he's a good father, and he's going to, another door's fixing to open. So we're attentive. We're anticipating. We're looking forward to it. So we're saying, God, Thank you for the new door. And when you ask him, Father, open up another door, keep looking for the door. See, that's a process. Ask, then seek for it. Then when you find it, start knocking. Thank you for the two that clapped your hands, because that was a good thing right there I just said. If I had a dollar, I'd give myself an offering right now. I'm telling you, it was good. Ask, seek, Knock. When you ask, start seeking. Anticipate it. When I ask for a blessing from God and ask him to bless me, I promise you, I start checking the mailbox. Every text that comes into my phone, is somebody fixing to bless me? I do. And when I find an opportunity or a door that's been presented to me, I knock on it and keep knocking on it. Why? I believe God sent me there. I believe God sent me to it. I keep knocking. Am I ever am I agitating people? Yes. I have no shame. <laughs> I don't care. Jesus has been good to me. I'm not going to be denied. Oh. Knocking has power. I, I'm, I'm not ashamed. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the power of God unto salvation. For other people, it may be ridiculous. But I'm going to tell you something. I know where God brought me from. I understand that I'm not worthy of this experience. But it's not based on me being a good person. It's not based on me even being a bad person. It's based on the fact that Jesus Christ gave his blood for you and I, and we're able to lift up our hands unashamed, unashamed. Don't disqualify yourself because you've messed up or made some mistakes. Get over it. We all have. There's not one person in this building that has been perfect and has it all together. If you are, quite honestly, you're probably dead and in heaven right now and don't even know it. Perfection is on the other side of this experience. Imperfection rests here, but the perfect one comes and visits us and inhabits us and makes up the difference for everything we lack in. And he said this, he said this, be of good courage, be of good courage, for I have overcome the world and so will you. And so will you. That means everything in this world, if it tries to hinder you, don't worry. God has your back. Everything God has promised you. Yes, God has promised you. God has promised you a good life, a successful life. He has. God has promised you more than anything else, eternal life. 
I love people with tenacity. I, I love people that are, that are doers and shakers. Most of the time when people like that uh, start doing something, trying to find God's will, they'll do a number of things first before they find the right answer. They'll make a number of mistakes first before they actually find the right path or the right door. They'll knock on every door till they find the right door. How many of you, how many of you have ever done door-to-door sales? Raise your hand. Raise your hand high. I want to see them. I'm really am interested. Door-to-door sales. I respect you. How many of you have ever waited tables? Raise your hand. Oh, I respect you. I used to wait tables. I used to do door-to-door. I used to do things that required shamelessness. I needed, when you're doing something like that, you have to believe in what you're doing. Working in a restaurant's a lot easier, right? People are there for a reason. But knocking, well, sometimes, you know, I mean, it's really, I mean, I've had some, regardless of how bad the waitress or waiter, please always respect and take care of them. They don't make that much money, and they depend on your tips. If you don't leave a tip when you go to a restaurant, please don't let them know you go to this church. <laughs> please. If you mistreat them and order them around like they're your slave, they're not your slave, please don't let them know you go to this church. There you go. There's one for the restauranteurs, restaurantees waiters, waitresses, but door-to-door knocking. You have to be prepared for them to say, no, I don't want any. Leave me alone. How dare you knock on my door? My baby's asleep and you just woke him up. Back in the day, our pastor used to tell us, get ready, door knocking Saturday. We're all going to go out and start knocking doors. Y'all don't know nothing about that. Y'all know, how many of you know anything about knocking doors? And when you knock on the door and somebody of a different persuasion opens up the door and bites you in, all they want to do is do some Bible battle. They want to show you their Bible, which is not a Bible, and prove to you that they're right and you're wrong. It takes some faith. but you never know when you're going to come across the right door. I remember one time we went knocking on a door. We were door knocking, and this little sweet lady was in a neighborhood down on the south side of town. Her door was open. She was sitting there. Her stomach was swollen, and she was a little old lady, probably in her 70s and 80s. She was up there, and she was just so fragile, and she was crying. She was weeping. She was asking for help because she had no help and they had no insurance, had no medical, no medical help at all. And this little sweet lady was in her chair crying out for help. And we heard it walking up and there was no one there. And I went up to the door and I looked at her and we stood there. And I think I said, ma'am, can I come in? There was no one there. And I walked in the door and I can feel God's presence come in. And I can feel just the spirit of God and compassion just on me. And for that one moment, for that one moment, we walked in and we prayed and we stayed there long enough until God touched her. Now, I don't know if she was healed or not, but I know she was at peace before we left. And I do believe that God healed her if she believed it. 
And whether she believed it or not, it doesn't matter. I found that God is so merciful, he heals you anyways. It's true. But there's that one moment. You, don't, you, ever, you never know when you're going to miss an opportunity. But if you give up too soon, if you give up too soon and give in, then you're going to miss it. You're going to miss it. Above all things, regardless of opinions, regardless of what I feel, regardless of what I think, I have learned this throughout the years. Point number one, and the only point I'm giving you today, God has the final word. God has the final word. Leave that up there for a while. I want you to see that. God, his word is what really matters. Not my feelings, not the people's opinions, not my critics' opinions, not all the haters out there that don't like me. Listen, if you have no haters, you're probably not doing anything, by the way. Not everybody's going to like you. Not everybody's going to celebrate you when something good happens for you. You have to learn to make up in your mind. I'm a child of God, and I love him. I'm going to do what's right. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. All that matters is, is that he thinks good of me. He loves me. I'm doing what he wants me to do. And you have to become shameless. You have to become strong. You have to start believing. You have to keep the fire going. You have to allow yourself a place in your life where you recognize that you're focused, you're relentless, you're on time, you know what God is doing because God has spoken to you. You're at the right place at the right time because God appointed you. He asked you to be there. You didn't even know it, but God led you there. We, we were so, sometimes we're just so oblivious, but, you know, we end up places and you ask yourself, boy, I just must, I, I don't know. I was at the right place at the right time. That was God. Hello? That was God. God put you there. God opened up a door for you. God made the right connection for you. You were at home at the right time. You were in the business at the right time. You put your application in at the right time. You met the right person. God orchestrates those kinds of things in your life. But if you don't ask him, see, that was a product of you asking. You have not because you ask not. That's why we pray. That's why during this 21 days of fasting that we're doing, no matter what kind of fast you're doing, you need to pray because if you don't, you're just dieting. But pray and ask God. If you don't know what to do, ask him to give you understanding. If you feel like you're overwhelmed with your schedule, ask him to make you better at time management or ask him to help you prioritize all your business and your needs. You haven't asked him yet, but when you ask him for things, then he'll help you. But here's what you have to do. Start seeking. Start seeking. Well, how do I seek? Here's how you do it. God, I'm, I'm dealing with temptations in my life. I'm dealing with the double-mindedness. I'm dealing with not, I'm, I'm not able to make a good decision. Or I'm, God, I don't know how to do this. So, Father, Lord Jesus, give me wisdom. 
for this circumstance. Give me wisdom to know how to make a decision, what to do. And then you get a spirit of anticipation, expectancy. I'm expecting God to do something. I'm expecting to find what I'm looking for. And what I personally do during that time, if I'm asking God for wisdom in a certain area, I will start seeking by getting books or getting my face in the book. I'll look in the Bible, start reading the Bible, and see if I can find things that are applicable to my life, and I always find them in the Bible. The Bible does have the answers, folks. You see, let me help you out for those of you that don't know for sure if the Bible is true or how it can help you. That book was written under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost through men who experienced God. And those experiences that we read about, it's God's interaction with humanity. And when we read how God interacted with humanity and what their response was and what brought favor and what brought judgment and what what was the outcome, how they won the war, how they won their battles, how the kings remained on the throne, how the ministers, how the apostles, how they were effective, how the evangelists, how they were effective. Everyone in the scripture experienced God, and they knew him by the name that by the experience they had. To Abraham, he was Jehovah Jireh, the God that provides because he brought a sacrifice to him. And I learned from Abraham that first, before God can ever give you provision, you have to put something on the altar. Ah. So you're saying to me, if I want to be blessed or I need God to bless me and make provision, that there's something I have to place on the altar? You understand what I'm saying to you? You can find wisdom in the Scripture. So you start looking for it by starting to seek it and read it and look for it. Go after it. Go after it. You're asking God for a financial blessing? Start looking for a job. I'm hungry, God. Go to the store. Let me tell you something. If I was hungry and I was praying God for a blessing and I was at home, let me tell you what I would do. I'm just going to tell you what my kind of faith is. I believe that this stuff works. <laughs> You're going to think I'm crazy. You may want to edit this. No, leave it on there. It's okay. Honestly, if I had zero food in my fridge and I've asked God to bless me and I had no money, I would get on my knees and I would ask him and I would stay there until I feel a release. And if I'm going to start seeking, I'm going to tell you where I'm going to go. I'm going to go to the grocery store. And I will, for play, by faith, grab a basket. I will go walk through the store, pick up the items that I need. And I'm going to wait for God to move on somebody's heart to pay for me. <laughs> that don't happen. That's all right. I put everything back. I'm playing grocery store. I'm going to pray, God, I need your help. I need your help. I'll even go so far to go to the front of the cashier's desk and say, oh, I forgot my wallet. I'm so sorry. Can you put these back for me? <laughs> okay. 
Listen, I know you think now, wow. <laughs> Pastor Bobby, you're ghetto, man. <laughs> I've had it done to me before. I've had God answer my prayers that way. There have been times I had had people pay for my groceries. I've had had people buy my baby's diapers. But let me tell you what else I've done. If I needed food in the fridge, I went and got a job. I went and got a job. Now, please don't go and get a basket and walk around with your food and wait for people to pay for you. I'm talking about that is a, like a last resort kind of thing. And don't say my pastor told me to buy groceries, put them in there, not to buy. I don't have any money. He told me just to come up here and do this by faith. If God didn't tell you to do it, if God didn't put in your heart to do that, you shouldn't do it. I forgot to add that part in, but that's the fact. If you feel impressed to do something. One time I needed to minister to somebody. I wanted to minister to somebody, win them over to the Lord. I, I felt in one day, I said, God, I haven't won any souls. Please give me a soul. Please give me a soul to win. I want to bring somebody to the house of God. I want to bring them to your, play, to your house, God. I want to see salvation in their life. And I stayed at the church for five hours straight asking him for that, thanking him for that. Then after that, I felt to release. I got in my car and I said, God, I'm going to put faith to what I just prayed. And I got in my car and I started driving. It was on a Saturday. I was driving, and I felt the Holy Ghost begin to seek to me. I said, God, take me to a person. And I felt the Holy Ghost tell me, take a left. I took a left. He started talking to me. He said, take a right. I took a right. He said, go straight. And I was heading out of town. I was past 463. And then he said, take a left. And I ended up on a dirt road. I said, and I thought, man, there's nothing out here. But I ignored my thoughts. I was focused in what I felt the Holy Ghost, feeling the Holy Ghost. Someone say feeling the Holy Ghost. Feeling the Spirit of God. And I felt him tell me, okay, it was in the middle of nowhere. He said, take a right. And I did. He said, you see that building? Go over there. And I walked inside this building in the middle of nowhere. It was an oil field company. And I walked in there, and the lady said, yes, can I help you? I didn't know what to say. You know, what am I going to tell her? God sent me here. I said, can I have an application? And right when she said, well, we're not hiring, I said, well, it's okay. Can I have one anyways? And as soon as she handed me the application, my old college instructor, with instrumentation, walked out from the back office with his papers in his hands, looked up at me and said, Bobby. I said, hey. He said, man, what are you doing here? I'm getting an application. <laughs> he said, man, I have been looking for your number. I need someone to give me a Bible study, and I have been looking all over for your number, and here you are. You walked into the places today. Got his number, got everything that was there. Now, I'm telling you, most of you are asking, but you're not seeking. That's all I'm trying to tell you. 
Most of you are asking, but you're not seeking. And when you get there, how was I knocking on the door? Well, honestly, after the, after the time I said I need an application, I was in my mind going to think, now what else am I going to do? Ma'am, do you have a restroom? You know what? I'd really like to tour your facility. Can I take a look? Is your boss here? I knew God sent me that way. I knew God sent me to that place. And I had to stick around long enough to know, look, no shame. No shame. You got to lose the fear of what other people think. Maybe you need a job. Maybe you need a job and you feel like you have no credentials. I remember when I needed a job, I was, I was desperate for a job, and I talked to my wife, and I told her, baby, I'm going to get a job today. No matter what, we need to work. I need to do something. So let me tell you something. And never be too proud to do whatever it takes, wherever you need to do. Because I've found this. If you'll start doing something simple, regardless of have no shame, but be proud of what you're doing, God sees your heart and that little minimum wage job that you've got right then because you wanted to put your best foot forward, that will end up being something bigger and God will open up more doors for you. But he's not going to do it. Sometimes we want to jump up to that big job with the big salary. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. You got to start at a job that nobody else wants to do. You got to do something that just opens up to you to put your best foot forward, and God's going to begin to open up doors eventually for you. Talk to any man in this place that has a well-paid job. I promise you, most of them didn't get it overnight. They started doing something they probably didn't really want to do. They started working for someone they probably really didn't want to work with, but they paid their tithes. They prayed. Oh, you got you. I got you. That was like a right hook right there, boy. <laughs> they did what they had to do as a man. They prayed. They sought God, and then God started opening up doors, and God started blessing them. But you got to start someplace, somebody. Who am I talking to? You got to start someplace then God will bless you. I've got a, tons of stories about that. I've got tons of stories, but we have to move on. I want to read this to you. I want to read this to you. People have opinions. We have ideas, but God has a plan. Okay? There is scripture concerning your circumstance right now. There is scripture concerning your circumstance. And when God's word says he's going to bless you or provide for you and take care of you, it is based on a covenant. It is based on a covenant. You are one with God. And God wants to help you. God wants to bless you. Your circumstances uh, may change or evolve over the years, but regardless of how much it changes, God still has the final word. 
and it's not over till God says it's over. It's not over till you get to heaven, then it really begins. Uh, let me tell you something. When we die, it's not the end, but the beginning of the best party you've ever been a part of. Now, there are promises. Promises were meant for God to keep, and then there are commandments. I just saw an article about a preacher that said, preachers are saying now we have no use for the Ten Commandments. My heart dropped. I felt ashamed. I thought, my Lord, why are they saying we don't need the Ten Commandments? Now, I saw the posting. Forgive me, Lord. It was on Facebook. I hope it's true or not true. But regardless if it's fiction or true, I thought to myself, just to think that we would ever say we don't need God's word is a tragedy. See, God keeps his promises, but we are called to obey and keep his commandments. And when promises and commandments are added in the equation together, it equals blessings and favor. That's the equation. God's promises, us being obedient, equals unprecedented, preferential favor. And there's so much to that. But you can write this down, and you can mark my words, not just my word, but God's word, that regardless of what's been told you or what you feel, God's word supersedes anything that you're facing in your life. God's word is true. Luke chapter 21, verse 33 and 36. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. But take heed to yourself, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the cares of this life, and that day come upon you unexpectedly. In other words, Jesus is coming back one day, and there is a moment in our life. Don't forget, there is an end time. There is an end day. There is an appointed time. Jesus is alive. Jesus left the earth, and he will come back to earth as well. For it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch, therefore, and pray always. Say it with me. Pray always. That you may be counted worthy to escape all things that will come to pass and stand before the Son of Man. In other words, don't give up. Someone say, don't give up. Don't give up. Look at this. I found this on the internet. I, I read this. And I thought to myself, that's how life is sometimes for us. I, I think that we're looking for the objective and the goal and the promises of God. We're looking for gold. And we can't find it. You know that I watch these shows sometimes, and I'll watch that Gold Rush. I've seen those, that series before. And How many of you like watching those shows, like those guys digging, panning for gold and looking at that stuff? I do. I don't care. You can raise your hand, not raise your hand. I'm still going to watch it. And I realized that for all that gold that they're getting, they get just a little bit of it. And all that dirt, the ratio to that 
gold to dirt, the dirt is way more than the gold. But they're persistent. And no matter how much dirt you have to go through, you will get to your gold, and it will accumulate, and it adds up. True story. This is a true story. There was a family. They were called the Darber family. A. Arch Darber had a, A. Arch, R.H. R.H. Darber had a uncle. And his uncle was from the east side. And he decided he was going to go, and he heard about the gold rush. So he went to Colorado. When he went to Colorado, he just took his, bought a shovel, bought his pans, bought what he needed. He went and he started digging. He was pretty relentless. He had a desire to find some gold because, you know, he had heard it's there. And everybody else was finding pockets of it. So what happened was he was relentless and he was persistent. People thought he was crazy. People thought he had lost his mind. His family thought he was crazy. But when he went there, after weeks of digging, he finally found an ore of gold. He found it and got so excited that he covered it back up, hid it, went back home. When he went back home, he talked to his neighbors. He talked to his relatives. He talked to all of them and told them what he had found. And he said, hey, come with me. And they invested in equipment. They bought all kinds of equipment, and they went back by train. And when they got there, they started digging, and they found it again, and they started extracting the gold. It was enough gold for them to start paying off their debt for the equipment that they had bought. They were so excited about it. And then one day, they dug, and it stopped. They couldn't find it anymore. The ore had come to an end. And he didn't know what to do. He got really discouraged. And he stopped. Someone say discouragement. Did I spell that right? Thank you, Elena. I'm going to do this. Discouragement. That's what gets us. Discouragement and frustration. And he stopped. And he said, I can't believe I spent all my money. I came over here and barely made enough just to break even. So what he did was he found an old junk man, an old junk man that was there, and he said, hey, if you buy my equipment from me, you can have my plot. And so he did. The junk man bought his equipment. He was able to pay his debt. He loaded the train back up with his friends and family, and they went back home, discouraged. So guess what that junk man did? That junk man went and got advice from an engineer. He went and he found an engineer, brought him to the place, and while he was there, the engineer told him, he said, listen, 
The reason why your predecessors failed is because they don't understand fault lines and how they work. He said the ore of gold hadn't stopped. It's just three feet from where they were digging. And so that guy took off. Why? Are you ready? Wisdom? Seeking, understanding, counsel. Never be ashamed. I believe every person ought to have a mentor. I'm getting off track for a moment, but I want to help somebody. I believe every person ought to have someone in their life where they're accountable to and ask for advice. Never, ever be ashamed to ask for some advice and help. The scripture says where well, there, there's wisdom in the multitude of counsel. But never underestimate the power of going to God's word and seeking him for an answer. When God gives you knowledge, knowledge is one thing. Knowledge, anyone can have knowledge. You can all have In fact, you all have knowledge right now. When you have knowledge, if you ask God for wisdom, wisdom plus knowledge equals understanding. Understanding. You have to know how to use the knowledge. Someone started something, they didn't have the proper knowledge, proper understanding. They had knowledge. They had knowledge, but they didn't have wisdom and understanding and how it worked. That junk man went there based on wisdom that he didn't necessarily have for himself, but he got it from another source. And when he went there, he started digging. He found it eventually. But guess what? Wisdom also does. It adds faith. It adds faith in your life. And if there's one area that Satan desires to have from you, he desires to have your faith. And your faith is taken from you when you stop praying. And when you stop reading the word, you stop gathering wisdom because God can only use what you've got. Someone had to have knowledge that the gold was there, but they had to figure out how to get to it. So they had to ask someone for wisdom and understanding. That's the same way. You see, I think most of this right here in our life, like this right there, represents favor. Let's do this. I think that's favor. Because when you have favor, you've, I'm going to tell you something. Favor is unfair, folks. Favor will put you in the front of the line, like I mentioned before. Favor will give you a job you didn't get a degree for. Favor will give you a raise you didn't deserve. Favor will get you connected to the right person at the right place at the right time. Favor will come into your life and give you the business that you work at, just like he blessed Ruth with the property that she sold and got seed from. Favor is unfair, but favor is available. And most people don't know how to get favor. Well, have you asked God for favor? Have you sought God for favor? Have you been digging lately for God to give you favor? Let me tell you what happened. That junk man found the richest ore ever found in Colorado and became one of the wealthiest men that there was because somebody stopped three feet short. And when 
Man, Mr. Darby, when he got word of that, he was so frustrated. But guess what happened? He learned his lesson. He became a salesman. He started selling insurance. And he said, never again will I stop short of what I believe belongs to me. And every time somebody said no, he kept on knocking. History tells us when you read the story about Mr. Darby that he became one of the wealthiest men selling insurance because he was persistent and was shameless about it. He didn't care what people said. He didn't care what people thought. You know, some of you may get aggravated at times with salespeople, but I'm going to promise you something. If they keep on coming to your house, keep on calling you, eventually you're going to say, okay, what is it that you got? And you're going to be like, my God, you got to give the guy some credit, man, for being so persistent. All right. That's why I hate going to the carnival sometimes. Those carnies, come on, come on, win a teddy bear. Come on. And your babies, remember when your babies were small, all of my kids, all, they knew what they were doing. They knew. They just showed my little girl that teddy bear. <laughs> Daddy. I would take my babies. I would walk with them. And I'd pick him up and say, it's okay, sweetheart. <laughs> right? Take my little girl's movie, boy, put them on my arms. <laughs> Someone say you have to be shameless. Say you have to be persistent. Well, I don't feel like God said yes, but did he say no? then keep on doing what you're doing. Keep on looking forward, moving forward until God shuts the door completely. Until God shuts the door completely. Let, let, me, let, me, let me give you this real quick. I want you to stand to your feet this Sunday morning. I want you to get those, that blood going. We're closing right now. Come on. Come on up here. I want you to repeat this after me. There's the, the word of God. It means what it says. And it says what it means. And it's true, and it's right, but we're going to make some declarations in this house. We're going to begin to confess unashamedly how God's word is over what our circumstance is. What does God's word say about what we have? God's word says in Jeremiah 29 and 11, God says, for I know the plans. Say it with me. I know the plans. Say, God said, I know the plans, that he knows what he has for me. God knows what he has for me. God knows the plans, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil. To give you a future, say, God has a future for me. God has a hope for me. Throw the next scripture up there. Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Repeat this after me. God has blessed me with every spiritual place and every spiritual blessing in my life. Say, God has blessed me. Corinthians 9 and 8 says... 
God is able to bless you abundantly. Now he's able to. So that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Now repeat this after me. God said, I will abound in every good work because he's going to make sure of it. Do you believe that today? Come on, are you understanding what I'm telling you? Go to the next one. How abundant are the true, are the good things that you have stored up for those who fear you, that you bestow in the sight of all on those who take refuge in you? Repeat this after me. I hide myself in God. I respect and reverent God. Therefore, He gives me abundance for all I need. Do you believe that? Are you saying this with me? See, all I'm doing this Sunday morning is teaching you how to personalize these scriptures and start confessing these instead of believing what everyone else says because the devil comes around and tells you you've come to a dead end. Give up. Don't go any further. When you're just three feet away from your blessing in your life and it's right here, the three feet, it's right here. It's right here. But if you can get God's word in your life, God has more for you. Listen. The next scripture, guys. Next scripture. Keep on rolling. And we know that all things work, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Now repeat this after me. All things work together for my good because I'm a child of God no matter what happens God takes it and turns it around every setback becomes a setup every test becomes a testimony now give God some praise I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I got lots of them. I got lots of them. I'm just going to keep it short, okay? We're going we're gonna to let you go, but I want you to get this. How many of you are getting this right now? Come on, you got to get this. Get this. Go to the next one. Your eyes saw my, un, my unformed body, and all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to me. Now, are you ready? Say this. Before I was born... God already had a plan for me. Oh, before I was born, God already had a plan for me. Before I was born, I was born to be blessed. I was born to be a blessing. I was born to succeed. I was born to be an overcomer. Now, I want you to lift up your hands today. That's good. Thank you, guys. I want you to lift up your hands. Now, I want you to declare, I'm a child of God. I'm not going to get discouraged. I'm going to seek Him for wisdom.
I'm going to ask him for wisdom. I'm going to seek his face. I'm going to seek his blessing. I am going to knock when I find it. And I'm not going to stop knocking until I get it. I'm not going to stop knocking until I get it. Now start worshiping him right now and thank him for it. If you need wisdom, ask him for it. If you need wisdom today, ask him for understanding. If you need knowledge, get in the word. If you need wisdom to understand and interpret everything correctly, tell him, Lord, give me a wisdom right now. If you need the fire to be relit in your life, just lift your hands right where you're at. We're going to ask for God to relight your fire. If you have been burned out and you feel like you've lost that flame, I'm going to pray for you right now. I'm going to pray for you. If that's you, just lift up your hands. Just lift up your hands right where you're at. Just lift up your hands right where you're at. We're going to pray that over you today. We're going to pray that over you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I speak to the spirit of every every human being, every man and every woman. I pray right now, dear Lord, you said the spirit of man is the candlestick of the Lord. So, Father, light their spirit up right now. Light, let fire come. Let passion come back. Remove all obstacles. Remove, dear God, every place that's dry. Remove, dear God, spirits that have been tormenting them, spirits of discouragement, all things in their life. Give them faith right now. I release faith in this building right now. I release faith in this building right now. I release it, Father, tenacity, 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 Father, in the Holy Ghost, in the Spirit of Christ. Let the Spirit of Christ be stirred up inside of them. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Our mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live, give, and love like Jesus. If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at info at clcvictoria.org. You can get connected with us through our social media at CLC Victoria and download our app.